Hello again, and welcome back to Marketing with Purpose. Or if this is your first time here, welcome to Marketing with Purpose. My name is Monica Pitts, and today I am going to tackle a do's and don'ts list. We're going to go over the do's and don'ts of writing for your website. See, we have a downloadable offering out on our website. It's free. It's called What to Put on Your Website. And on the success page for that download, we ask people, what do you want to know next? Like, what else do you need to know in your web planning journey? And a lot of people said that they wanted to learn about writing for their website. That's where they're stuck. And so that's why we're doing this episode. We heard you, and I even dedicated an entire module, a whole learning sequence about writing for your website in our upcoming Better Than DIY website program. So thank you so much for your feedback, everyone. It really does help me help you on your journey to getting an awesome website that's gonna grow your business. So talking about business, let's get to business and talk about those do's and don'ts. If you're a natural-born marketer, you're one lucky son of a gun. If you're like most people, marketing, especially online marketing, is about as appealing as standing in a police lineup. The MayCreate team of creatives has transformed websites and digital marketing from craptastic to fantastic since 2005. Our podcast, Marketing with Purpose, makes sense of marketing so you can make purposeful decisions instead of carrying on with the same old crap you've been doing. And now your host, Monica Pitts, founder of May Create, with another episode on how to make your marketing not suck. You know, writing is a funny thing. People either love it or they hate it. Well, I guess there are some people in between, but most of the time people love it or they hate it. Like they're completely paralyzed by the idea of having to write for their website. And other people are like, yeah, I can totally tackle this. Now, for those of you guys that feel paralyzed by writing for your website, but don't have the budget to hire somebody else to do it for you, I want you to know that if you can talk about your website, if you can email back and forth with clients and answer questions, you can totally write the content for your website. Now, if you can barely write an email, I would steer clear of this for sure. But if you can write when you have to and get your point across, even if you don't really love to do it, you could probably get your initial draft already and phone a friend and have them help you edit it and get some text up on your website and get it rolling. Heck, just the other day, my brother called me and he was like, hey, Monica, I'm writing this really important letter. Here's what I'm trying to say in this letter. Will you please read it and get it to say that? And I was like, yeah, sure, absolutely. I will, I'll help you out because I know he's not a writer. He's not a writer, right? But he, he gave me the first draft. So you can totally make that first draft. And these do's and don'ts are going to help you along the way as well. Now, here's the only time that I tell people that they should absolutely not write the content for their website. One is if you hate, absolutely hate writing, and you have the budget to pay someone to write it for you, then 100% every time outsource that, right? And number two is if your expectations don't align with your skill set. So if you want your website to be super polished and have a strong brand message and you want it to close the deal online, but all you can do is write a bulleted list, 
then do not endeavor into writing your own website content, friend. Find someone to help you do it. Once again, you could start with that outline and get it all together, figure out exactly what you need to say, and then send it over to somebody to edit. And you could do it that way too, and that would be super cost-effective for you. But if you are looking to cut costs in your web design, you're probably going to need to write the website content yourself. So what should you do and what should you not do like right off the bat? What are some things that are gonna set you up for success right from the beginning? I'm I'm trying to think, like, should I start with the do's or should I start with the don'ts? Hmm. Hmm. You know what? I'm gonna do something crazy. We're gonna go back and forth. We'll have a do and then we'll have a don't. What do you say? Okay, so first do, do your research. Yeah, because great writing starts with a plan. You can't get the right stuff out if you don't have a plan for what needs to get out. You'll just start writing and it'll be cray cray and nobody's gonna be able to follow it and that does not help anybody along to building a website that's gonna help them grow their business. So you wanna do your research. So what kind of research do you wanna do? Well, the first research I would do is look at competition. And we just talked about some of this stuff in our recent episode time-saving tips for a website redo. So you might pop over there and listen to that as well once you're done with this because that's gonna help you along on this journey as well. You're gonna research your competition and just look, what do they have on their about page? What do they have on their services pages? What do they say about their business? I would literally copy and paste phrases that you like. Do not plagiarize them, that is lame. But getting the Creative fodder together is a huge part of the creative process. So do your research. The second type of research that I feel like you should do if you're trying to rank on Google is your keyword research. So you're going to hop on over to your favorite keyword research tool, whether it's going to be in the Google Ads Keyword Planner or Google Search Trends or, shoot, you could even look at Google Search Console for your own site. You could have a paid system like SERPstat or a free SERPstat account. There's all kinds of different ways to find keywords for sites in your industry. And map out what keywords you want to rank for for the different pages of your site because you're going to want to write including those keywords. Now, whether or not you write with the keywords initially or you work them in on the back end, I kind of prefer option two, but I do option one as well. So if your goal is to rank organically on Google for certain keywords, you just gotta do your research and make sure that you know from the beginning what you're going after so that way you can include it in your text. Which brings me to my don't. Don't expect to rank for words that you didn't use on your website. Back in the day, way back in the day, at the beginning of Monica building websites. Actually, no, this was not at the beginning of Monica building websites, but it doesn't really matter. Back in the day, I built a website for a home builder and remodeler. They wrote all the content for their website. I built the website. I put the content in. They came back to me a year later, absolutely livid because they were not ranking for home builder. Well, here's the deal. They never said home builder anywhere on their website. They only said remodeler. You can't rank for words that aren't on your site, friends. 
you just Google doesn't know like it's it can draw inferences now it's even smarter than it ever was then so it does draw some parallels between the content that you're writing and what you do but ultimately if you want to rank for something you gotta write about it on your website there you go that's your first set of do's and don'ts your do is do research research your competition figure out what they're saying so that way you can make sure that your message stacks up against theirs and do that keyword research if ranking organically in Google is really important to you. But don't expect your website to rank for words that you don't have on it. Next, do. All right, so we're going to stay in this vein of like Google rankings, right? So do write at least 500 to 1,000 words per page. Don't just put a bulleted list on your page and expect that page to rank on Google. Here's the deal. We have all went out and looked for a recipe online, right? There are so many things that you can learn about search engine optimization from a recipe blogger. So many, in fact, that I actually did an entire podcast episode about it a year or two ago. It is super, super annoying that you have to scroll past all of that text to get down to the recipe, isn't it? Isn't that super annoying? Haha, <laughs> but they do it for a reason. If they didn't have all that stupid text on the page, Google would never find it. They need more text than just the recipe and the instructions to make Google find and rank that recipe. And the other reason that they do it is because they have ads on their page. And the more people that see the ads, the more money they get paid. So there's that too. But ultimately, you have to have enough content on the page that Google can read it and rank the page. And if you don't have enough, if you just have a bulleted list, for example, then it's just not enough. And it's not just for Google, it's for the people that are buying your product too. I know that there's some people that a bulleted list is enough for them, but there's a lot of people that aren't that way. They need to be able to read about their service. They are doing research before they ever call you to determine if you can fulfill the needs that they have. If you don't have words on your page explaining what you do, how you do it, and your competitive advantages, if you don't answer the questions that they have about the service that they're evaluating you against your competitors for, you're not going to get that call. So it's not just about Google. It's also for your potential clients as well. So your do, do write at least 500 to 1,000 words per page. Your don't, do not just put a bulleted list on a page and call it a day because that is not enough, my friends. Not enough for Google and not enough for potential prospects either. Okay, your next do. Do stay organized. I drove this point home in that time-saving tips for your website redo episode. So if you're wondering how to stay organized, oh, my friends, go listen to that episode. I know I already talked about it in this one, but it will get you organized. Okay, so you have to, for your writing, outline your content. You have to link to the competitors' sites that you liked what they said on their sites. You need to take those snippets that were creative inspiration of what you want to sound like and put it on a document that you can see. You need to outline what you want to put on the page before you ever start writing. 
You need to do what I call creating a rubric for your writing, which is ultimately a list of questions that you would ask somebody about the service or that people ask you about the service if you knew nothing about it and you were trying to evaluate providers to make a decision. And then you can use that rubric to evaluate against what you actually wrote on your copy. Without the rubric, you don't have a green light. You don't have a way to check off the box and say, this is ready. So you want to make that rubric for yourself. You also want to develop a process that works for you for writing your content. Everyone writes differently. And you don't have to follow the same process as everyone else. One of the ways that I write my content is first starting with that outline and those questions. And then I record, wait for it, a podcast about it. Yep. And if I'm not recording a podcast, then I literally just read the questions and answer the questions. And then I edit them from that podcast. This process really works for me because I am an audio human being. I think probably a lot of people that have podcasts might be like audio learners. I have to hear myself saying things before I even really process them. I process stuff out loud. And so this this writing process, (laughs) it does work for me to make my outline and talk through it. And then I upload it into a transcription software, or sometimes I speak right into my transcription software if I'm just writing and not recording a podcast. And then I download it and I start editing it. Sometimes I edit it and then I say it out loud again and I record it again and edit that again. It's just so much easier for me to start talking and then edit afterwards than it is for me to just start writing. Not saying I never do it that way, but it does take me longer to get the creative out that way. And if you're a person who doesn't like writing, this process might be great for you too, because then you can save time by starting with something instead of starting with nothing. So whatever process it is that you use for your writing, lean into it, and that is your third do. Now, I don't have like a super parallel don't from that. I, I Clearly, I could say don't be disorganized, but that's kind of stupid and not really getting you where you want to go because obviously, you know, don't stay organized would be a bleh. Okay, so instead, I want to say don't make your writing all about you. When you're writing your content, you're writing it to someone else. You're writing to help them solve their problems and fulfill their goals. That's why you provide the service that you have. I want you to keep that in the forefront of your mind the entire time that you're writing. I understand the first draft of your content is all going to be in first person or first person plural, and you're going to talk all about yourself. I totally get that. That's what happens. We all do that. But then the second time when you go back in and edit it, you need to flip that. It needs to be about the person that you're writing to, not you. So instead of listing out a benefit, And just assuming that people understand why it's a benefit, you're going to tell them how it's good for them. How does it help solve a problem? And the problem that people love to solve is time. People want to know how it's going to make their life better, how it's going to save them time, how it's going to help them move to the next thing, how it's going to save them energy. That's what people want to know. Tell them those things. For example, when we are talking about the bonuses in our Better Than DIY website program, Instead of just saying live and recorded tech support sessions for five weeks, 
and then talking about how extremely qualified we are as a company to support them through the process of building their own website and how we've done it with hundreds of clients and how we have a really great, awesome process. What was that? That was just me talking about myself. Did I lose you there? I probably lost you there. So instead, we talk about it on that page and we say, just ask and get answers pronto. Nothing is worse than setting aside time for a project only to fall into a big black tech hole. Searching the internet for hours isn't a solution for business owners on a time crunch. You'll get five weeks of live tech support. Hop on, share your screen, and we'll troubleshoot together. That is talking to them about what they want and explaining to them what the benefit of that bonus is to them. Now think to yourself, how could you do that for your services? Because it's not about you and how awesome you are. It's about them, especially on those services pages. I think that people should talk about how awesome they are, but that belongs more on the about section or the history section of your website. Maybe on a mission or values page, but not on the services pages. On those pages, we really need to stay externally focused on the people that we're selling our products to. It's about them. How does it help them? How does it save them time? How does it get them where they want to go? That's what we want to talk about there. If you want to talk about how awesome you are, you could throw in a testimonial and let someone else say how awesome you are. And that would be a great way to get it done. So to recap, do stay organized, but don't make it all about you. That's our third do-don't-pair. Okay, so our last and final do-don't-pairing. Do hire an editor. I know I talked about this earlier, but you really, if even if you don't hire an editor, you need to have someone else look at your content. Someone else needs to read it and make sure that it makes sense. It would be great if you had someone read it that really knows what you do and then have someone read it that has no clue what you do, but is actually someone in your target market that you would want to do business with. We have at least three sets of eyes on every single piece of content at MakeCreate before it ever leaves the office. At least three, sometimes four. We have the person who wrote it, we have the account service person or the art director, and then we have the client. All three need to look at that content before we decide that it's done, before we release it into the wild, right? And you can create that same support system by pooling folks hapless volunteers, (laughs) sisters, to come in and look at your content and read it. Now, here's the deal though, and I'm gonna circle all the way back to the top for this don't for you. I just said do hire an editor. I really do think that most people do have what it takes to at least get the first draft of their website content together for themselves. And then do hire an editor if you are not comfortable polishing it out to the finish. Now, if you hate writing, if you hate writing, don't write it. If you Like seriously, I know I just said do hire an editor and I, that I think you've got what it takes, but if you hate writing and you have the budget for it, don't write your own website content. Hire somebody to do it for you, okay? And the other time that I would absolutely hire somebody to do the website content for you is if you are trying to sell your product straight up online. Now, I'm not talking about people who have a service-based business, like the plumbers out there or the HVAC companies, a salon, a restaurant. You're not selling your services online. Even our nonprofits, you're not selling services online. Yes, you take donations online, just like other people take reservations online or take payments online. That's fine. But you're not actually selling your product or service online. If what you're trying to do is 
go through the whole sales process online, you're going to have to have some really persuasive content. And if you're not a great writer, you don't want to have to write that yourself. I love it when I can hire a copywriter who's an amazing persuasive writer and have them write magnificent copy for my clients. I love it. I get it back and I'm like, God, this is so amazing. I want everybody to feel like that about their website content. But if you're new, you might have to endeavor into this on your own. And if you are either a hater of writing or if you are absolutely selling something online and it has to, the deal has to close online and they're never talking to a person, period, you probably need somebody who can really write to tackle this challenge for you. All right, friends, there you have it. Those are my do's and don'ts of writing for your website. Do your research and by all means, document it so that way you can find that stuff later. Don't expect to rank for words that you didn't use on your website. Do write 500 to 1,000 words per page. Don't just put a bulleted list on a page. (laughs) Do stay organized and develop a process that really works for you. Don't make it all about you. Do hire an editor, and if you absolutely hate writing or if you're trying to close the deal on your website, don't write it. Don't do it yourself. Hire somebody else to help you through this process. And those are my do's and don'ts. Getting your website content written and done, first of all, can be a huge barrier of success to publishing your website. And not having the right content can be a huge barrier of success to actually using the website to grow your business. And that's why we dedicated an entire module in the Better Than DIY website program Writing for the Web 101 to help you make sure that you get through that process quickly and easily. So you won't start from scratch. You're going to start with templates and have all the training that you need to be able to get awesome words out and get that website done. Just a heads up, enrollment for this program closes on February 16th, 2023. Now, if you're listening to this episode and it's later than that, Don't freak out. It's totally okay because we do this program more than once a year because we know that people need to build their websites at different times that make sense in their business, right? So it's not the only time that we're ever going to do it. But if you are listening to this and you want to join now, then hop on over to maycreate.com. That's M-A-Y-E-C-R-E-A-T-E dot com forward slash D-I-Y website. You can join the Maycreate team on this done with you program to transform your website from craptastic to fantastic in five weeks. So you can build a professional quality website without learning to code or taking out a second mortgage. You'll get to polish up your design with one of our professional designers, and then we'll pair that with DIY page-by-page writing and building training so you can get the professional personalized site that your business needs to grow without spending that million bucks or learning to code. Enrollment closes on February 16th, so hop on over to maycreate.com, M-A-Y-E-C-R-E-A-T-E.com forward slash D-I-Y website, and I'll see you there. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and taking the time to geek out about writing for the web, and until next time, go forth and market with purpose. Thanks again for listening to Marketing with Purpose. Head over to maycreate.com, M-A-Y-E-C-R-E-A-T-E.com. Yeah, you heard me right, M-A-Y-E, create.com. For podcast notes and more resources to grow your business. Don't let your marketing suck. 
Get your pride on. Market with purpose. 